Praise God. Good morning. Good morning. It's a great day to be in the house of the Lord. We are going to uh, get in his word this morning. I'm so excited. I've been uh, gone for a couple weeks. Uh, we had some family things going on. Uh, we had Thanksgiving. We had some um, deaths in the family, those kinds of things. So we're trying to uh, make sure that we are <laughs> being there for our loved ones. And uh, we also had uh, just be lifting up my family, uh, the Rivera family, just be praying for them. Uh, my uncle passed uh, this week as well, and uh, we just want to pray for my family and just in, just that God would comfort and encourage them as they as we, you know, miss our loved one. And um, but we are so thankful that we can have each other to comfort one another during this time. And we know that we serve the God of all comfort. The Lord himself. And so I just want to remind you of that. Also, this is the greatest time of the season, right? This is the, our time. Uh, you know, we, we remember the Lord's birth and that light that came into this dark world. That light shone and uh, it came to those who were living in darkness. That was us. We were living in darkness and that great light shone and it, it shined all over the place. And the wise men followed that star to where it brought them to Jesus, the King of Kings and Lord of Lords, who was born in a manger. You know, he was in a, in a stall, man, where the animals were. He came humble. And when he comes back again, he's not coming like a baby in the manger. He's coming as King of Kings and Lord of Lords to rule and to reign. Amen. So we can rejoice in that. So as you're remembering this season, remember, it's not about the gifts. It's not about any of that. It's about the gift the father gave Jesus. He gave us the Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus means he came to save his people from their sins. Amen. Jesus is the reason for the season. So remember that in all of the things that we do and the traditions we have, we don't ever want to forget. It's not about a Santa Claus. It's about Jesus Christ. And so make sure that you're reminding your children of that. Remind them of that time and of, of, of the birth of Christ and remind them how important that is and why. If he didn't come, we'd all be lost. We'd all no hope. We'd still be living in darkness. But praise God that Jesus came. And uh, not only did he come, but he lived a life that glorified God the Father, that demonstrated the life of the Father to us so that we can believe on him and trust in him and have salvation for our soul that we can have a resurrection. So uh, what an awesome time. This morning, I want to go to Ephesians chapter 6 because we're going to be there this morning. And I want to talk to you about be prepared for the battle. This is something that's been in my spirit uh, for a few weeks here. And uh, I've actually been sharing this in a Friday night Bible study. And I really just feel led of the Lord to really share this with all of you here those of you who are listening, those who are watching, and those here in my home, to have uh, this opportunity to be understanding that we are in a battle. Uh, we're going to be looking at Ephesians chapter 6. Here we're going to look at verse uh, 10, where the Apostle Paul writes a very important term when he says, finally. And I think when you say finally, that means in view of everything I've just said, finally, this is this is an important step to all that he had been uh, going through in the book of Ephesians for the church. Uh, man, if you have not read the book of Ephesians or studied it out, I would encourage you to do it. There's so much there in this epistle 
that Paul writes for Christian living, how we're to live. You know, maybe, maybe you're a new Christian. You wonder, well, how, what, what's it mean to be a follower of Jesus Christ? How do I live this out? How do I flesh it out? I mean, I, I, I believe that Jesus died for my sins, that he was raised again from the dead. But then how do I flesh this out in my life? Well, I want to encourage you, if, if you've not done it, take some time to study the book of Ephesians, and you're going to see how awesome this salvation we have is and how we're to conduct ourselves. We're going to see the importance of the Holy Spirit in our lives. We're going to see the importance of the church in the world. And you're going to see the importance of how you conduct yourself uh, in this world to reflect Jesus to them. And so I want to encourage you to do that. Let's pray as we get in the word. Father, we ask you to speak to our hearts this morning. We ask you, God, to just open our ears to hear and our eyes to see. Lord, we lay down everything that tries to get in the way. Lord, I come against the enemy and his distractions in our minds. Lord, I pray that every mind listening in this room, those who will be watching or hearing later, that their focus will be on your word, God, and that you would bring light where there's darkness. In the name of Jesus, we thank you. God, I ask you to speak through me. Make me competent to share your word. In Jesus' name, amen. Um, so, I want you to understand, uh, when you determine in your heart to obey the Lord, you need to understand you're going to enter into a spiritual battle. The moment that you as a believer come into faith in Jesus Christ and you begin to say, Lord, I'm going to walk in obedience to your word, be ready, you are going to enter a spiritual battle. This is not to make you afraid, this is to help you understand that our life isn't just a bed of roses. I mean, God, Jesus didn't promise that to his followers. And if you've heard any kind of message that promises you that, you are in the wrong church. Run as fast as you can. Because let me tell you that the life of a believer also has suffering in it. And through suffering, we learn obedience to God. Through suffering, we grow. God, look, Jesus, I mean, our master suffered, huh? How can our master, the Lord Jesus Christ, uh, suffer and then those who follow him not. That doesn't make any sense. We're going to suffer, but our suffering doesn't end uh, like the world does. It ends with victory. It ends with triumph. Amen. Our suffering leads to triumph. Our suffering leads to wonderful things that are to come and we have a promise to come. You know, no matter if you acknowledge that you're in this battle or not, it is happening for the souls of men. This battle is taking place. This spiritual battle is there. It is, is, it's moving. It's working. And God wants you to understand this, okay? Um, let's start reading here in, in Ephesians chapter 6, verses 10 through 18. It says, Finally, be strong in the Lord and in His mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers and against the authorities and against the powers of this dark world and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. And after you have done everything to stand, stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist with the breastplate of righteousness in place, and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith 
by which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, and pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. Pray also for me that whenever I speak, words may be given me that I will fearlessly make known the mystery of the gospel for which I am an ambassador in chains. Pray that I may declare it fearlessly as I should. Amen. Amen for God's word. The first thing I really want us to look at in this passage is we need to be strong in the Lord and his mighty power. This means the strength we need does not come from within us but it comes from the Lord. You know, the, this is what's awesome about this to be strong in the Lord. It doesn't mean it doesn't talk. It's not about physical. I don't care if you, you can live 500 pounds. That doesn't make you strong spiritually because it's not about that. It's not physical. It's spiritual. God wants to be up for us to be spiritually strong. And the only way to do that is in him. You can't find strength in yourself to overcome this battle that you're entering into. The Bible tells us in Acts 1.8, if you remember, the Lord is, is the one who empowers the believer. He says, and you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. You will be my witnesses in Judea, Samaria, and to the uttermost parts of the world, right? In Jerusalem, right? You're going to be preaching the word of God and empowered by his spirit in order to fulfill his will on the earth. This doesn't come from you. You don't have the ability or the strength to fight this battle on your own. Why? Because this is a supernatural battle. It's not a natural battle. And the strength that we need is, needs to be supernatural. So we don't have to worry about how we can, again, like I said, how much weight we lift or how much we can do. We don't have to worry about that. We understand that this battle is not meant to be waged in the flesh. It's meant to be waged in the spirit. I want to remind you of something James chapter four, chapter four, verse seven says, and this is key. I think in our lives, when we encounter uh, the enemy or when we are encountering a spiritual battle in our lives, we need to always remember this. The Bible tells us in James four, seven, submit yourselves then to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Our ability to resist or oppose the devil or demons come, comes from our submission to the Lord Jesus Christ. When you and I are trying to do things in our own strength, in our own wits, in our own wisdom, we are in trouble. We are in trouble. Why? Because you need to understand the devil's been doing this longer than you've been alive. You need to understand your enemy is powerful. He's an angel. He's not more powerful than God, but he's powerful enough. You, you, you see, a lot of people are presumptuous. They think they have this authority over Satan. No human being has any authority over, over Satan. Only the one submitted to God will have authority over and demons will be subject to them. What does that mean? Uh, remember, Jesus didn't say rejoice over that. He's just saying, don't rejoice that demons. There was a time when the disciples were sent out by Christ in the ministry and they were told to go preach repentance 
and then to cast out devils, right? So they would do, they went out by twos and Jesus sent them out. They would preach and they, and they cast out devils. And they came back rejoicing and they were all pumped up, man. Uh, you know, and Jesus, Jesus said, hey, don't rejoice that demons are subject to you, but rejoice that your name is written in the Lamb's book of life. See, he, under, he wanted them to understand, listen, I understand that this happened is because I gave you the power to do it because without my power, you're going to be in trouble. Let me show you a place where this happened. You need to understand that the serpent, that old serpent, he's wiser than you and me. He's more cunning than we think he is. And uh, if we try to go at him in our natural self, we're going to lose. We're going to lose the battle. Because he's been doing it a long time. I mean, Eve was deceived in the garden. And he just twisted the words enough to get her to think that God had a hidden agenda. And that's what he does now. He's constantly doing that today. Uh, so look here. Let's go to Acts chapter 19. I want to, these, uh, these seven sons of Sceva had an issue one day. When they were messing with a demonic spirit. And I, I, want, I want to say this because there are people who, again, they're presumptuous and they think that they, have, they can speak to demons any kind of way uh, outside of God's authority. But I want you to see what the scripture tells us here happened with someone who was not under the, whole, the power of the Holy Spirit and under the control and under the power of God. This is what happened. In Acts chapter 19, verses 13 through 17, it says, Some Jews who went around driving out evil spirits tried to invoke the name of the Lord Jesus over those who were demon-possessed. They would say, In the name of the Jesus whom Paul preaches, I command you to come out. Seven sons of Sceva, a Jewish chief priest, were doing this. One day the evil spirit answered them, Jesus I know, and Paul I know about. But who are you? Then the man who had the evil spirits jumped on them and overpowered them all. He gave them such a beating that they ran out of the house naked and bleeding. Man, <laughs> what, a, what, a, what a crazy moment. They're over here trying to take this authority over a demonic spirit. This is a fallen angel. They're trying to cast it out of a person in the name of the the. The Jesus that Paul preaches again, that shows they were not submitted to Christ. That shows they didn't believe truly in Christ. They were just doing something in the name of the one someone else preached. Let me tell you, there's a lot of people today doing the Lord's work who doesn't know the Lord. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of interesting. People are trying to do God's work. Uh, they might be up playing an instrument. They might be worshiping. They might be preaching. I mean, they might be doing all kinds of stuff. In the name of the Lord, but they don't know the one they're serving. And that's not the way it's supposed to be. The Bible says that this is eternal life, that you may know God and his son, Jesus Christ. This is eternal life, that we may know the only true God and his son, Jesus Christ, whom he sent. This is the, the, the meaning of everlasting life. This is eternal life right there, knowing him. And when we know him, we make him known. And because they were not submitted to God uh, that demonic spirit overpowered them and, and, it, and it almost cost them their lives. And so I want you to understand this, this, uh, this morning is that the really you need to understand that we're entering a spiritual battle. And you may not even understand it because you, 
Maybe you're a young Christian or maybe you're just a carnal Christian. You're not looking at things that way. I believe God wants you to see that. I want you to understand that the very fact that you're being carnal is a spiritual battle. See, Satan wants you ineffective. Satan wants you to be a carnal person. Person, What does carnal mean? A person that lives after the, the, the lust and the dictates of your flesh, the desires of the flesh. Why? Because when you're that way, we talked about this last time we were together, when you are asleep spiritually, uh, you're not effective for God. You are not, you're not being moved by the Holy Spirit. You're not being empowered by the Holy Spirit for ministry. You are just living out a Christian existence without being an impact. And you know what? Satan is just fine with that. And that's what he wants. He doesn't want you to, to be empowered. He doesn't want you to submit yourself to God so that then you can start to resist. Then you begin to stand your ground against the enemy schemes. He doesn't want that. He wants you to stay the way that you are so that you're powerless and you can't damage what he's trying to do on this earth. But I want to tell you today, that can change today if you just submit yourself to God. That can change in your life today if you're willing to say, Lord Jesus, I humble myself before you. I come to you. I look to you and I, and I ask you to empower me with the Holy Spirit. You know, the Bible says Jesus came. He's going to baptize us with the Holy Spirit and fire. Jesus is the one who baptizes the church. And he wants that for you. He wants to baptize you with his spirit. He wants to fill you with, with his burning desire to fulfill his will on this earth. And we have a commission. I don't want to get ahead of myself, but we have a mission. We have a mission given to us from heaven. And guess what that mission is? That mission is to make, uh, to make disciples of all nations. That is, if, if anything else, and, the, and everything else, your, your, their, your, the meaning of your existence is to worship God, and then the mission of your existence is to make disciples, to baptize them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost, to teach them everything that Jesus had commanded in his word. This is what God has called every believer to do. It's not just for pastors. It's not just for people that are in ministry. It is for every born-again believer. Our, our call is to go and make disciples. You know, there are people that you can reach that I can't. You have friends at your school. You have friends at your college campuses. You meet people that I will never meet that you can be the light but you can't do that and you can't enter that battle for their soul without being submitted to Christ, without being under his authority, because you're going to lose. And so we go, we go on here in Ephesians. He talks about here. He, uh, let me go back over there. Paul writing to the church, he, he, he says, uh, Put on, in verse 11, put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's scheme. Since we understand that we are in a spiritual battle, we need to put on the full armor of God. Again, what soldier goes into battle without his gear on? Not a good one. Anyone that is going to fight a war does not go in with flip-flops and a t-shirt and shorts. That just doesn't happen. Because you know what? You're going to encounter all kinds. you got to make maneuvers. And when you're in sandals, you can't make certain maneuvers. You're going to cut your toe. You're going to you know, hurt yourself. you got to have your gear on. you got to have protective gear. So when those uh, fiery uh, darts come at you, you, you can protect yourself. In, in, in our modern world, those bullets that come at you. Back in the day, it was those arrows that would come at people. That was a way. Or a sword. Here we have 
guns and knives and we have bullets flying and you've got to be prepared. You've got to have armor in order to fight in the battle. And as we said, we, we, when we submit ourselves to the Lord, we have the strength now. We have the ability now to begin to resist the evil one. And now, because we've submitted to the Lord, now we can dress ourselves up in the appropriate manner. We can begin to put on the full armor of God so that we can stand our ground against the enemy and against his schemes. Um, <laughs> we, uh, the Greek word for scheme means uh, cunning, arts, deceit, craft, trickery. Uh, Ephesians 4.14, I'm going to show you a way that Satan does this. Uh, in Ephesians 4.14, I love this because this is happening uh, today. And this is where we need to be careful as believers. He says, then we will no longer be infants tossed back and forth by the waves and blown here or there by every wind of teaching and by the cunning and craftiness of people in their deceitful scheming. You see, Satan, because he is using certain uh, teachings out there, there are certain doctrines out there, uh, there are people are gathering, them, uh, uh, amassing themselves a great number of teachers, and they're listening to false teaching, and the Bible says that this is a mark of the end times, that they will be taught by demons themselves. You say, wait a minute, demons are not, you know, you can't see them. Yeah, but demons control people and demons get in people and demons influence people's minds. They put those thoughts. What did the Bible say? To take up the shield of faith that you would extinguish the fiery darts of the enemy. Well, what am I going to extinguish darts for? Because they're going to come in my mind. They're going to come to, to, to persuade me to think differently, to deny, deny God. Do you remember when uh, Satan went up to heaven and, and, and the presence of the Lord when, jo when, he, when Job was on the earth and he, and he said, look, God, you know Job isn't going to curse you because you're protecting him. I mean, nothing can you can't, no one can touch him. You've got a hedge of protection around him. But let me tell you something, God. If you would let me touch him, if you would take away your protection, I guarantee you, I'm just paraphrasing, guys, I guarantee you, he's going to curse you to your face. You see, he's scheming and he wants to cause us to curse God, to reject the truth, to turn to other things. He wants us to turn away from that, but we have to trust in him. So again, you need to understand that he uses people to, with these schemes and we, we have to be fully dressed to be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. Lastly, this morning, I want to talk to you about understanding that the battle, as I've been saying, the battle against is against spiritual forces of evil. Okay, uh, Paul wants us wants to make it clear that the true battle is not with your neighbor made of flesh and blood, but with spiritual forces of evil. See, it's not it's not the the, the communists that the battles with, even though we will have a physical battle because of the ideology, but it's a spirit behind 
that individual's thinking, and that's why there's a veil, and every time they can't think anything other. They they don't see anything else. They see uh, everything from a humanistic mindset. God does not exist, and what exists is here and now and the tangible. And so, therefore, that person has a veil over their mind, and they cannot see uh, your neighbor that's angry and going through whatever they're doing and the harm that they may be doing to someone else. You have to understand it is a spiritual battle, and it's happening. Yes, and the Bible tells us that all of us are sinners by nature. So we have a lot going on in this battle. Not only are we born sinful, but the Bible says that we choose to sin. And then we also have an enemy that is, is, is waging war against us through all types of thoughts and images and all kinds of things. And you and I need the Holy Spirit to help us to resist, to stand our ground. And we can only do that in Him. So you need to understand that this is a spiritual battle. These spiritual forces consist of Satan himself and his demons. Remember, uh, Satan and his demons are fallen angels. Okay? They're fallen angels. They're, these are, this is not some mystical thing. This is real. These are, these are angelic beings who have fallen. What does that mean? Fallen that they have rejected God and they have pursued and they've fallen away with Satan to carry out that will versus the will of God. They've rebelled against God. And so remember, Satan is not stronger than God. God is omnipresent. The devil cannot be that way. And so the likelihood of you and I ever experiencing having to encounter Satan himself is very uncommon. It will not be the case in most of the time. I mean, man, you'd have to be someone in the level of, of the Apostle Paul for Satan himself to take note to come at you. And let me tell you something. What he's going to do, he's going to send out his angelic beings, these satanic, these uh, demonic spirits to come and torment you. The writer of Hebrews says something important. I want you to go there with me in Hebrews. In Hebrews chapter 1, verse 14, it says, And not all angels, excuse me, are not all angels ministering spirits sent to serve those who will inherit salvation. So angels are ministering spirits. They are the ones that come and minister to people. To, they come to minister to God's people. There are, ministry is helping. They're there to help us. You don't, know, you don't even understand that there are things that God, through His through his ministering spirits have, have been set out to help you against the battle, against the enemy. I'm reminded of one of the prophets. I, if I mess it up, please forgive me. I, I, but just understand, I know, the, I know the area. I just don't got the, the right direction. But I know the, the right area. But I'm, I'm, I'm getting there. Uh, there was a moment. There was this. this uh, they were laying siege in, the, in, in Israel. They were laying siege against God's people. And this, this king was frightful, and the prophet told him, uh, you know, don't worry, there's more with us than there are out there. And he was just like, I can't see it. Why? Because the prophet was seeing in the spirit what was happening, but he could not see in that realm. And then God, he had prayed, and the man opened, the king opened his eyes, and he saw the legions of, of, of angelic hosts there protecting them from these enemies that were sieging them, you know? And so, you need to know that. 
You need to know that, that God is faithful and that he has ministering spirits there to minister for you, to you, to your needs in your life. Okay, but you need to understand the Bible says that Satan masquerades as an angel of light. And so you need to know, and, and the only way you're going to be the, able to discern which is which is in Christ. It's by submitting yourself to God as we were talking about, that we need to submit to Him. We need to be under the power and the control of God's Spirit. We cannot be trying to do this in our fleshly mind because we will lose that battle. So just like God has sends His angels to minister to our needs and help us in any, any way we can, uh, those kinds of things, the things that we may need in our lives. And again, we may not even know it's an angel ministering to us. We may have no idea. Satan has angels and he sends them out to possess people and to torment people. They do this in many ways. I want to take you to a couple places. We're going to end I, uh, because... There's more to say, but I really want to just hit this home. I want you to understand that this is truly a battle. Um, in uh, Luke chapter 8, Luke chapter 8, verse 26 through 33. It says here, they sailed, into the re uh, they sailed to the region of the Gerasenes, which is across the lake of, from Galilee. When Jesus stepped out shore, he was met by a demon-possessed man from the town. For a long time, this man had not worn clothes or lived in a house, but had lived in tombs. When he saw Jesus, he cried out and fell at his feet, shouting at the top of his voice, What do you want with me, Jesus, Son of the Most High God? I beg you, don't torture me. For Jesus had commanded the impure spirit to, to come out of the man. Many times it has seized him. And, through, and though he was chained hand and foot and kept under guard, he had broken his chains and had been driven by the demon into solitary places. You know, you, you see here that this, 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 this thing is... Is in this guy's life has been tormenting him. It, it, it is causing him to be isolated from everybody. And, and he is, it is an un, unclean spirit is what Jesus called it. And he asked the spirit here, he says, what is your name? Legion, he replied, because many demons had gone into him. And, and they begged Jesus repeatedly not to order them to go into the abyss. A large herd of pigs was feeding uh, there on the hillside, the demons begged Jesus to let them go into the pigs, and he gave them permission. When the demons came out of the man, they went into the pigs, and the herd rushed down the steep bank into the lake and, were, and was drowned. So, <laughs> I mean, you can imagine what a scene. This man is like fully like possessed, and he's, I mean, he's breaking literal chains off of himself. And just running like a mad person in, in tombs. I mean, that's scary in itself. You know, if you watch a scary movie, oh my gosh, you know. This guy's running in tombs all demonically oppressed, not by one demon, but by legions of them that were in him. 
And look how powerful God is. They were, they were freaking out. So I want you to understand that there is no one greater than Jesus Christ. He is the stronger man. He's the one that's stronger than the enemy. And you notice that the legions of them, of these demonic spirits, broke down like little babies crying out, don't throw us in the abyss because they knew who had authority. You get what I'm saying? Then they may not do that to you and me, but they'll do it to him because they'll see the spirit of Christ upon your life. And they're not, it's not about you to have, oh, I'm, you know, I can do this and I can do that. Let me tell you something. No, I, I thank God that the authority comes from him so that no man can boast. Amen. It comes from him and him alone. And we trust in him. So you see, they come and they torment people. Look how they tormented this man, uh, these demonic spirits. Look at Matthew 15. Go with me to Matthew chapter 15. I want you to see this. Matthew 15, verse 21. Leaving that place, Jesus withdrew to the region of Tyre and Sidon. A Canaanite woman from the vicinity came to him, crying out, Lord, son of David, have mercy on me. My daughter is demon-possessed and suffering terribly. I mean, you see, here is a woman. She comes to Jesus, and, and I'm not going to go into the story. I just want you to see how demonic spirits are working here. They, they've possessed this little girl, and they are tormenting her. They are causing her to suffer terribly. This is one of their roles. This is what they do. Not everything is a medical thing. Some of it comes from a demonic spirit tormenting a person and possessing, possessing them. Uh, Luke 13, I want to show you something else. See, we look to the Word of God. It tells us everything we need to know. If we look to the Word of God, man, it'll save us a lot of grief in our life. Verse 10 through 16. On a Sabbath, Jesus was teaching in one of the synagogues, and a woman was there who had been crippled by a spirit for 18 years. She was bent over and could not straighten up at all. When Jesus saw her, he called her forward and said to her, Woman, you are set free from your infirmity. Then he put his hands on her and immediately she straightened up and praised God. Man, what an awesome moment. This woman had been tormented by an evil spirit and, and it had her bent over. She couldn't even straighten herself up. And God delivered her. That's so good. I want to show you this uh, last spot in Acts 16. In Acts chapter 16, I want to show you one last area. Acts 16, verse uh, 16 through 18. Once, when we were going to the place of prayer, we were met by a female slave who had a spirit by which she predicted the future. She earned a great deal of money for her owners by fortune-telling. She followed Paul and the rest of us, shouting, These men are servants of the Most High God, who are telling you the way to be saved. 
She kept this up for many days. Finally, Paul became so annoyed that he turned around and said to the spirit, In the name of Jesus Christ, I command you to come out of her. At that moment, the spirit left her. And you know what? At that moment, the moment that Paul engaged the enemy under the power of God, he turned around, he was tired of this evil spirit because he knew what the evil spirit was trying to do. He was mocking them. And he turned around and he, in the name of Jesus Christ, come out of her. And man, that began the whole, it store up a hornet's nest. I'm going to tell you, after that moment, they ended up in jail. They ended up in prison because of that. Because you know what? When she was fortune telling, you know what it's all about. It's about money. These uh, the psychics and all the psychic line is all about getting money. They're consulting spirits that are dead. Why would I consult the dead when I can? Why would I call on the spirits that were dead when I can speak to the creator of heaven and earth? Hallelujah. Through Jesus Christ, because of the Holy Spirit living in my life. Why would I need to consult dead spirits when I can go to the living one? Amen. Hallelujah. I don't need to consult the dead spirit. I can consult the Lord. I go to him and I seek after him. And God makes things known through his spirit and his word. He begins to acknowledge. He be, the Bible says that we have been given the spirit of truth. The, the Holy Spirit is a spirit of truth and he leads us and guides us into all truth. We don't need to consult the dead. We go to the living God. Hallelujah. Too many people are looking for the dead to give them answers. No, we look to the living God for answers. Amen. Hallelujah. That's good news. <laughs> Too many people are looking for the wrong. And so I want you to understand that this morning that we are we are in a spiritual battle. And it's a battle for the souls of men. And Paul wants you to understand you need to be submitted to God. You need to understand that you need to put on the full armor of God. We're going to go into that soon. Not today, but we're going to get into that. I want you to understand that God wants you to be ready for the battle you're in. And too many Christians are not ready to fight this battle. They're asleep. Wake up from your slumber. <laughs> Wake up. The Lord is coming soon and we got to be ready. And we got to be found faithful doing the Father's will. That's why we're here. That's why we're here. We're here to glorify Him and we're here to make Him known. And so I just pray for you right now that God will have His way. And maybe you're someone in here saying, you know, Pastor, I'm hearing you, but I, <laughs> I don't even know that I know Him. <laughs> because I'm wondering, like I hear what you're saying, I'm not even in a battle. I mean, I don't see it that way or I just kind of feel like, the Spirit of God has convicted me that I don't know God. That I don't have a relationship with Jesus. Man, I want to pray for you. I want to pray that God saves you. And the Bible says when, you are, when you're born again, you receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. God's Spirit comes to indwell you. And not only does He want to indwell you, He wants to come upon you, empower you for works of ministry. To do the things that He called us to do on this earth. Because we need the supernatural help of God. We need his power to be able to walk this out. We can't do this in our own strength. We don't have it. We're incapable of fighting this battle on our own. That's why we need him. And you know what was good? Jesus said, hey, it's good that I go because if I don't go, he, the helper won't come. 
So when Jesus left and the helper is speaking of the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit comes into the, to the body of Christ. He is the empowerment of the body. He's the one to, he is going to glorify Jesus in our lives. He's going to cause us to, he's going to tell us everything that Jesus said. He's going to lead us and guide us into all truth. We don't have to be afraid to know. We can know what God wants us to know. We can trust in him. We can continue to seek him out and God through his presence and his power will make things known to us as we continue to submit ourselves to him. Man, if you're, if you, if you're here, if you've been listening and, and, and you want to reach out, man, just send us a private message there on Facebook. If, if you want us to pray for you about anything, you can just send us a private message. We'll pray for you. And, uh, and maybe, maybe you're, maybe you're not a believer and you want to, I want to pray. Let's just bow our heads. I want to lift, I want to pray for you. Man, if you're if you're watching or listening and you're you're like, I, I realize I'm not a believer. Today, today could be the day of salvation for you. You can believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. He wants to save you. He wants to deliver you. Would you trust in Him? Say this with me if that's you. Pray this prayer. Lord Jesus, today I acknowledge to you my sin, Lord. And you know what it is. You, if you want to say it, say it to the Lord in your prayer, in your quiet. In that moment, just tell Him, Father, I repent of what I've done. And today I ask you, Jesus, to save me. I confess you today as my Lord. The Bible says if you confess the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. And today I make this declaration to you, Lord. I believe that you are Lord. And I believe that God raised you from the dead. I believe that you died for my sins on the cross and that you rose again. And one day you're coming back for me, Lord. And I place my confidence and my trust in you. Fill me with the Holy Spirit now that I may walk with you, Lord. When I read your word, open my understanding so I can understand and live a life that pleases you, Father. I ask this in Jesus' name. I want to pray for the Christian right now. That may be asleep. And today you want to wake up. The Bible says, repent so that times of refreshing may come from the Lord. <laughs> God is speaking to your heart today. Would you listen? Would you listen to him? Turn to him this moment. Repent of your sin. Confess your sin to God. The Bible says that if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us and to cleanse us of all unrighteousness. God wants to restore fellowship. He wants you to, to, the Bible says for Christians not to grieve the Holy Spirit in our lives. We can grieve the Holy Spirit by living a carnal life, by being a, living in sin. God doesn't want the Christian to live that way. God wants us to live for the, for the glory of Christ. If that's you today, would you, would you confess your sin to the Lord and allow God to heal your heart? Have your way, Lord. Father, we thank you so much for your word today. We thank you that your word gives light. The entrance of your word revives the soul. And God, today, may someone be revived. May someone taste and see that the Lord is good. Lord, we thank you for this. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. We love you. We'll see you next time.